0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the T. Clark Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Clark, and today we're back for another round of the shredding season update, and uh, we're going to go over the adjustments I made, why I made them, and all that good stuff, so you guys can maybe pick up a few things from what I'm doing. Of course, it's very individual what we do for fat loss, but a lot of the overarching principles are the same, and I think there's a big lesson to be learned from this week that you guys are going to be able to take away from this, so definitely stay tuned to find out what that is. But before we get into the actual episode, I have a few announcements to make, as always. If you enjoy the episode, if you find it helpful in any way, shape, or form, go ahead and share it with just one person that you think would benefit from the information as well, whether whether it's a family member, a teammate, a coworker, a significant other, I don't care who it is. If you find this episode helpful and you think someone else would benefit from it too, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with them. And if you haven't already, definitely go check out The Athlete's Guide to Nutritional Periodization. Plug it literally every episode because there is a ton of value in there. And I really just don't want you to miss out on that opportunity. It's 75 pages, nine chapters, taking you through literally exactly how to set up your own nutrition plan for athletic performance. So if you're an athlete, whether it's a team sport, CrossFit, or someone just looking to get stronger in the gym in general, or if you know someone who's an athlete, definitely go check it out. So all you got to do is enter in your name, your email, and it's all yours. So that brings us to the end of the end of the announcements for uh, today's episode. As always, if you guys uh, enjoy it, like I said, go ahead and share it with someone. And thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right. So shredding season week three, how's progress looking? What adjustments have I made? Did I make any adjustments? Why or why not? Did I make them? I'll get into all of that in just a second. So as far as progress, I hit a new low weight. Um, my new low weight since the cut has started is a 222 flat. I hit that earlier this week. Yesterday and like this morning, I kind of fluctuated up a little bit because I did a, a little bit of a refeed. Not really intentional, went over on calories, but in a somewhat controlled way, so I'm not too worried about it. But I'm happy with that. I'm happy with the, pro- I'm happy with the progress so far. And it's a really weird thing because when you go into a cut, like I've been bulking for five months or so, and honestly, I'm in this really weird place where I want to get bigger, but I feel like my body fat percentage isn't in a place where I should continue bulking. Like I could continue uh, to raise the calories. I know every every guy uh, has this sort of identity crisis when you start to go into a cut. Like you, the second you go into a cut, you immediately rethink it and are like, ah, should I go back into a bulk? What should I do? But looking at at it objectively, a lot of times when you cut, even though you feel like you're getting smaller, a lot of times you actually look, you end up looking bigger. If you go about it correctly, of course, if you go super aggressive and just lose a bunch of muscle mass to you, of course, you're going to look small. But if you go about it correctly, you maintain a bunch of muscle and you cut off the fat, you might actually end up looking bigger. Whereas right now where I'm at, if I were to continue to push, uh, bulking, I feel like I'm sitting somewhere around 14, 15% body fat. So not super lean, not overly, um, heavy on the body fat either. But if I were to keep pushing to bulk, that body fat percentage will get higher than I would like it to be. So my rationale is I'm going to keep going with the cut. Not necessarily because I want to get super, super shredded and lean, of course, if I get some momentum going and uh, things are going well, then I might continue to push for that. But more so, my rationale is to just drop some body fat and get myself back within that maybe twelve-ish percent or even lower. If I can get if I can get to ten percent, that would be awesome. Uh, somewhere in that ten to twelve percent range, and then maintain there for a little bit and transition back into a bulk. Because the reason being is. That that range of ten to fifteen percent is really where you want to be when you're bulking. If you start to push higher than fifteen percent, the what's called a P ratio gets kind of out of favor. The P ratio is basically with the nutrient partitioning ratio, how your body partitions and like uh, stores nutrients. Ideally, you want that to go towards muscle tissue. But once you get up to uh, above a higher percentage of body fat, then a lot of those the nutrients and stuff start to go towards more fat instead of more muscle. And it's the same thing if you get too low in body fat, then your body becomes more predisposed to put on fat because naturally your body is like, what the hell is going on? I don't want to be this lean and we're gonna die. So it predisposes you to putting on some more body fat and shuttling nutrients in that direction. So that ideal range where you want to be to put on some serious muscle is within that 10 to 15% range. And I feel like I'm getting towards the upper end of that range. So if I were to keep bulking, I wouldn't necessarily get the most out of it. And also, I don't want to get super, super fluffy because I want to maintain a relatively lean physique. Like right now, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself super lean. Like I don't have visible abs unless I flex and um, vascularity isn't all there. If I, if I have a pump, it's there. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. So I wouldn't consider myself super lean um, by any means. So I feel like I'm in a place where I should continue cutting to cut off some of that body fat and get myself into a position where it's going to be more advantageous to continue putting on muscle. So however long that takes, um, it is what it is. I am working with a coach now, like I said, so I'll talk to him about that on our call on uh, Monday. But like I said in the last podcast, even though right now we're talking about aesthetics, that's not the main number one priority. Of course, aesthetics are still on my radar. I want to make sure they maintain is uh favorable as possible throughout this process. But right now my, my uh, priority is gut health. So depending on what direction we go with that in terms of macronutrient adjustments and calorie adjustments, and uh, I have a feeling an elimination diet is uh, on the horizon. So I don't know how that's going to affect things in terms of, in terms of workout performance and aesthetics, but my goal is to just maintain and keep seeing as much progress as I can throughout this process. That's why I'm not, I'm, not, um, I'm not sweating it too much because I know that's not the number one priority. So it is what it is. And I know what I'm doing right now, like I said before in the previous week's update, what I'm doing right now is setting me up for major success down the line because just like if I were to keep pushing above that 15% body fat to keep bulking, I kind of get diminishing returns. If I try to keep pushing and pushing and pushing for aesthetic changes when my gut health isn't on point, I'm not gonna see um the same amount of growth the same amount of results as if i were to take the time heal up my gut and do things the right way so that's why i'm taking the time to do that Um, but like i said right now my goal is to just keep going with the aesthetics as as much as i can but i'm not going to sweat it if i get to a point where i can't go much further because i don't want to overstress my body because stress and gut health that whole uh, connection but Yeah, so as far as macronutrient updates for this week, what I did, I actually, I lowered calories a little bit more. Um, I'm hovering right now between 2,900 to 3,000 calories a day. I noticed my weight just wasn't budging. When I first started, I was at 3,300, 3,400, nothing happened. When it went down to 3,200, nothing happened. So I bumped it down to somewhere between 2,900 and uh, 3,000. And that seemed to do the trick. Like I said, my new low weight this week was two, oh, was two twenty two. So that's a sign that things are going in the right direction. Obviously, some of that is water weight, but it's a sign that things are going in the right direction. I also wouldn't be surprised if my body's a little bit more stubborn um, due to the fact that I pretty much put it through hell when I went through the paleo diet in the middle of my basketball season. So it's probably just like, dude no, we're not doing this again. So in that case, it's a little bit more resilient. So it makes sense that I would need a little bit more of an aggressive approach. But with that being said, it's not that aggressive. I'm still eating 3,000 calories almost and losing weight. So I'm I'm more than fine with that. I would say another big adjustment too, uh, this is a really important point, especially if you're not able to eat 3,000 calories in a cut because I know I'm I'm not the average person since I'm 6'5". 220 something so if you're eating a little bit less and you don't have as many carbs something to take into account is the volume of foods like for example one cup of white rice is going to get you 50 something grams of carbs whereas one cup of spinach is going to get you like three you get to keep that in mind if you only have so many carbs to eat throughout the day don't waste them on a bunch of low volume foods Make sure to get those veggies in there. Make sure to get those fruits in there. Make sure to get those starchy, high-fiber carbs like oats, like quinoa, and stuff like that in there so you leave yourself feeling satiated. You leave yourself feeling satisfied. You don't crave um, anything, and you don't go over on your calories and stuff like that. That's very important because if you rely – like during my bulk, white rice is my staple because it's super easy to eat in high amounts that was beneficial in the context of putting on muscle. But now that I'm trying to lose fat, it's not as beneficial. Now for me right now, I'm still eating 300 grams of carbs. So it's not the end of the world. And I still rely on white rice just because it sits well with my stomach. And like I said, gut health is a priority. And I noticed that it sits well with my stomach relative to other higher fiber forms of carbohydrates. So I personally still use white rice just for those reasons. But for someone who maybe is eating a little bit less carbs, or um whose gi system can handle the the extra fiber go with higher fiber foods that are higher in volume like veggies fruit oats um quinoa stuff like that that's going to leave you feeling more satisfied and allow you to stay within your calorie within your calorie goal because why again why waste your calories on those low volume foods now In the context of pre and post workout nutrition, you still want to get those lower fiber carbs, but still be mindful of that and just don't throw away all your carbs on these super dense options. And that's that's another problem with having a lot of processed food. A lot of them tend to be lower volume and very easy to overeat. They're literally engineered for you to overeat them. So if you rely on them to, to fit into your macros just because you can, you might be left feeling a lot more hungry at the end of the day Then if you were to go with some veggies, some whole grains, some fruit, um, healthy fats, plenty of, plenty of protein, you'll be far better off doing that than relying on overly processed food. Not because it's going to inherently make you more fat. It's not inherently, I mean, that's arguable too, but for the sake of this conversation, it's not inherently bad for you. Of course, there are some ingredients in there that aren't the best, but One, having a protein bar isn't going to, like, throw out all your progress. The thing with having a protein bar is they're a lot easier to overeat. Like, one of those isn't going to fill you up as much as a giant-ass salad that has the same amount of calories. So just keep that in mind. Um, And then as far as the macros, I kind of alluded to it already. Protein is staying around the same, anywhere between 200 to 210 grams of protein per day. Fat sitting at 100, that seems to be a sweet spot for me, Uh, pretty easy for me to stick to a little bit higher than I would need it, I think. But again, I was used to eating not higher fat, but just because I was eating so many calories, I was eating a higher amount of fat. I was still eating plenty of carbs, but just because I was having so many calories, my fat ended up getting pretty high as well. So going down to like 80 or 90 grams is just not very doable. I don't really want to do that because then that just leaves me like eating chicken breasts and ground turkey the whole day, which is just not very, not very fun. Um... And I like to have that extra room with fat. And 100 is still not anywhere near crazy, especially like for my body, how big I am, how tall I am. Um, 100 is definitely a solid amount that's not overdoing it, but also leaves me room. And from an adherence standpoint, it makes it easier to, to stick to. And then, uh, let's see. So you cover protein, fat, and then carbs, round the rest of it out. And carbs are where I um, got the decrease from. So we went from 3,200 down to between... 2,900 to 3,000. I, I'm, honestly, I haven't been super, super exact. Um, sticking to like 2,900 on the dot. But if I'm anywhere between 2,900 and 3,000, I'll consider that a good day. And that has me at like 300 grams of carbs, which is still plenty to fuel activity. And definitely strength is, strength is fine. I haven't made any increases, but um, haven't lost anything either. So I, I consider that a win during a cut. Um, obviously depending on the lift, you might see some strength increases and it's definitely possible if you program correctly, um, which is beyond the scope of this podcast, but just make sure you're strength training during a cut so you can maintain as much muscle mass, as much strength as possible. And that's going to leave you looking a lot better at the end of your cut. Don't fall victim to endless amounts of cardio. One, it's hella boring. And two, you're not really getting that much out of it until like the deeper stages of your cut. My opinion and, like, what I enjoy, um, how I enjoy running a cut is I'll take calories away from, from food first. Like, I'm not going to go straight and do more cardio right off the bat. One, because cardio is boring and it sucks. And two, because your body adapts to cardio and it becomes more efficient. So if you just throw all this cardio at it right away, it's going to adapt relatively quickly. Whereas if you save the cardio for later in your cut when you're, you're running into those stubborn – um, layers of body fat that just don't want to come off no matter what the calories are, then you can add in the cardio to increase your caloric expenditure and, um, and you're all good. It's all about the minimum effective dose in most cases. Because most people aren't like huge fans of doing cardio on a treadmill on a stationary bike. If you are, if you enjoy it, if it's like meditative for you or some shit, then cool, go for it, like by all means. But most of us normal human beings don't necessarily enjoy that. So why do it if you don't have to? It just doesn't really make much sense. And if you just focus on quality strength training and stuff like that, you're going to be fine. So there's no need to introduce cardio until you have to. And also another thing when you're going into a fat loss phase, actually need to do a better job of this this coming week is managing your neat. Like I I think I've talked about this before, but before you add cardio in, get your steps up to above 10,000. Um, Honestly, try to get them as high as you can until it becomes like a hindrance to your daily life. I've, I think like 15,000 is a bit excessive, but that's like the upper limit of like, that's like the upper limit of where it's neat versus just cardio. Because if you're, doing, if you're doing 20,000 steps a day, like I'm sorry, but you're gonna have to go on a treadmill and just walk. And at that point, it's not neat anymore, it's cardio. So if you can get your steps up um, to like 10,000 to start, that's a great goal. And then let's say you run into a plateau before you even lower calories, before you even do anything, just up your steps to five thousand, to like 11,000 or 12,000 and so forth until it just gets to a point where it starts to become more of a, an annoyance than anything. And then at that point, just implement one session of cardio per week and so on and so forth until you get to where you want to be. But, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up what I wanted to discuss on this episode. We've got the macro adjustments. We've got the – I want to talk about those, those volume foods for sure. Um, definitely pay attention to that. If you notice yourself having cravings, just add some more veggies and eat a big-ass salad like, for dinner. Like, if you want to avoid those late-night cravings, just have a really big salad that has a lot of food in it, but it's not very many calories because veggies are relatively low-calorie. And if you want to have uh, like a, a starchy carb that's, that's higher in fiber, go with something like oats. It's really difficult to overeat oats or else your stomach's going to hate you. Um, or go with something like sweet potato, which also has quite a bit of fiber in it, so it's more filling. Like one whole sweet potato is maybe like 40 carbs, which is 40 grams of carbs, which is going to keep you quite a bit more satiated and more full than a cup of white rice will. Just keep that in mind. Eat foods that are going to make it easier for you. Don't, don't eat things that are going to make it more difficult. Of course, if you want to enjoy that treat, if you want if white rice is your thing, like like I said, I fit white rice in because I like it and it fits well um, with my digestive system. It makes me feel good. But if you want to fit it in, just be smart about it. Don't overdo it. Make sure you're still in that calorie deficit. And if you find yourself having those cravings, you find yourself feeling hungry and um, not knowing why, look at your food log. Are you eating a lot of processed stuff? Are you eating a lot of low? What's your fiber like? Is your fiber at least 25 grams if you're a woman or 35 grams if you're a guy? If it's not, that's where you should start. Get some extra veggies and get some extra fruit in. Um, Look at your protein intake. If it's not there, then that's why you're not satiated enough. Eat some more protein. Guarantee you'll feel more full. It's really difficult to overeat chicken breast because chicken breast, past like six or eight ounces, just starts to taste gross. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Just look at the look at those things. If you can get those things down, you'll be a lot better off when it comes to fighting off those cravings and like cravings for late night snacks and all that stuff. Just keep that in mind. Hopefully, this episode was helpful for you. And like I said, if you found it helpful, go ahead and share it with someone. If you know someone who's going through a fat loss phase right now, maybe they're struggling a little bit, go ahead and share it with them. The more people we can help, the better. I'd really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you tomorrow for Mindset Monday.